The Pet Photographers Club podcast is back for 2024. And if, like me, you're taking advantage of this quieter season to update your website and put a blog strategy in place to get you closer to position one on Google, then today's episode couldn't be better timing for you. Late last year, I decided to hire a PR consultant for my new photography business. Of course, after learning from today's guest, Zoe Hiljamark, back in season nine, and then following her Facebook group for a while, I knew that she was the perfect fit. She's been busy pitching journalists for me over the last few months while also sharing extra advice with me on blogging and SEO. Based on her advice, I made some changes to my website, which had an immediate positive effect. After all of this, I asked Zoe to join me again on the podcast to share some of these insights with you all and absolutely you will not be disappointed. If you're not a club member yet, this extended episode with Zoe is alone worth the annual fee. We broke down the customer journey, giving you suggestions on what blog topics to cover for each stage. Zoe shared the biggest mistakes most photographers make with their blogs and among everything else, also got into backlinks and understanding domain authority. To make it even easier for you to get started with blogging this month, I've put together a blog planner with a table of ideas for you. Everyone can access it for free until the end of January via the link in the show notes. After that, it will be a bonus for members only found in the portal. The show notes with that link can be found at thepetphotographersclub.com slash podcast slash 1509. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome back to season 15, episode 9 of the Pet Photographers Club. I'm your host, Kirsty McConnell, and today I'm chatting to Zoe Hiljamark of Zoe Hiljamark PR Marketing for Photographers. Welcome to the club, Zoe. Hello, thanks ever so much, Kirsty. Brilliant to be back. Thank you so much for having me on again. <laughs> yes, I should say welcome back, in fact. Nice to have you here. So, as I've mentioned in the intro to the listeners, you are, you know, back again for the second time and you are an absolute expert when it comes to all things blogging, which is what we're going to focus on today, but also PR and marketing and, and all of that that ties in together with SEO. But before we get into that, just in case the listeners haven't tuned in to the previous episode with you, which was season nine, episode six, can you just give a little bit of a backstory as to who you are and why we should listen to you today? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, so my name's Zoe. Basically, I've been working in PR marketing for 20 years now. Kind of scary when I say that. And yeah, what I do is I consult photographers and I help them to get visible and leverage the power of content and PR, publicity, and also SEO strategies to sort of get noticed and, and uh, attract ideal clients to their photography business. And I've been doing that now since 2015, after having hired my very first professional photographer who 
a newborn photographer basically who photographed my son when he was a, a little baby and it really sort of from then on opened up the world of photography for me but as I say prior to that I'd been a PR marketing consultant for some 10 years and had worked in agencies and in-house in large organizations worked with luxury brands also in the arts sector and lots of small businesses as well but yeah I love now working just with photographers and having been doing that now for what is nine years helping them to really sort of promote and talk about themselves in a positive way put a positive spin if you like on their businesses and just make sure they're putting their best foot forward really to help people find them and get to know them and obviously then ultimately to hopefully hire them excellent so on all of those topics let's just dive straight into this episode I reckon so let's <laughs> pretend that I don't know anything Zoe about SEO where would you start with telling me like the benefits of focusing on SEO and what are we even talking about when we say SEO okay yeah I think that's a great place to start so SEO is search engine optimization and of course, as photographers, it's highly likely that you have a photography website and that is your online shop front. It's where people can come to find you. So in addition to your social media platforms, your presence on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, perhaps, and others, you are going to ultimately be wanting and are probably in your marketing driving people to your website. It's your, as I say, your shop front. It's your natural home to show off your galleries of, of work, the beautiful imagery that you can create for your clients and also to talk about yourself and your services and hopefully it, it conveys information that will help someone identify as to whether they are the right fit for your business, whether that's based on price, hopefully not. People like hopefully aren't or just price shopping, but you know, you can convey what it is you do, who you do it for. And obviously the geographical location that you serve if, if um, you have a particular area that you cover. So optimizing your website, engaging sort of in, in SEO activities is all about, Boosting your chances of that website being found online when people, your ideal clients, um, type relevant search words, you know, keyword phrases, as they're known, into Google. So if they want to find a photographer in a particular region or town or city, then we want your website, if that's relevant to you, to be coming up in Google search results. And Google search results decided by Google's algorithm we're all fighting these algorithms, aren't we? Whether it's social media or Google, but you know that's how it works because Google wants to give the user of its of its tool the best results for those search terms. So search engine optimization is all about you trying to inform Google and its algorithm that your website should be highly placed when a certain keyword phrase is entered into their tool. And of course, if you think about how many websites exist in the world and how many photographers that you're perhaps competing with, even just in your, your small town or local area or city, you know, competition is uh, steep and, you know, there's some work to be done to get your site ranking highly. But that's not to say that, you know, you can't rank well, even if you're a fairly new photography business and even if your website is relatively new and you know, so the content helps you achieve that because the more content you put on your site, the more Google can get to understand what your site's about and then think, OK, yeah, once it's indexed the pages that you've created on your website, it can start to understand what you're about and therefore hopefully place you highly for relevant search queries 
And then, yeah, the objective of SEO work is really just to keep boosting your visibility um, and expanding the number of keyword phrases for which your site comes up in the search results. So Zoe, okay, let's break all that down. So, okay, I got it. I got the point. I've got a website. I want when my ideal client types in like London pet photographer, I want to be the pet photographer in London. That's number one of Google results. All right. So we've got that. Yeah. You're saying that the best way to get to the top there, well, one of the ways that's necessary is by having content on your website that tells Google that you are a pet photographer in London. So I'm guessing that should be one of my keywords. So if the idea is, yeah, is that the content tells Google this, then do we actually want to have like a really massive website with lots of text Do we want a single page website, which are more like user friendly these days a lot of the time, and then a blog post? Do we want a combination? Like what is kind of the strategy around getting this, yeah, putting this content out there? Yeah. So with regards to that, we want to have ideally a blog on your site, because I think what what we're going to probably go on to talk about is the benefit of blogging and how that can enhance your SEO. But so not to say you shouldn't have this single page website that you're talking about obviously it's a fine balance this between user experience ux and creating a really good usable website that people can navigate well they can find the information they need and obviously that looks beautiful and that they want to kind of keep scrolling through we want to have a site also though that functions well from an seo point of view that's got clear navigation from a usability point of view but also in terms of a natural and you know, straightforward structure, really. It's important that photographers don't just have images and not any text on their website or very little text. Copy is really important because ultimately that's what's helping Google determine what your pages on your websites are actually about. And historically, I think the mistake was that, you know, photographers would just think that the work would speak for itself, that images and sliding galleries and all sorts was was really going to do the work. And it will do the work in terms of impressing clients, but how are they going to find the site in the first place? So, and also now that, you know, we as users are more sophisticated, we're more demanding, we want more information. We don't want to have to necessarily get in contact with a, um, a prospective supplier to find out the information we need about their service. We just want it all to be there at our fingertips And, you know, it's likely that as photographers now, you probably don't hear from clients until they're actually ready to book. Or if you do, it's those people who just aren't prepared to put the time in to review your pricing information or, you know, to read that very basic information. You'll always get people like that, right? But, you know, most of the time, and certainly I've experienced it in my business, you know, people contact you and they're ready to buy. And it's because they'll tell you afterwards that they've you know, poured over every single page or blog post on your website. They've really reviewed all the information in their own time. You know, they've sat and digested everything and they're like, yeah, I'm convinced I'm ready to go. So hopefully you guys get that as well, you know, with your clients and people are literally either booking online or getting in touch to book because they've done that due diligence and that research, they're ready to go. But of course, we're talking here about how you get your website found in the first place and copy, yes, is going to really significantly boost your chances because in copy and written words uh, and text that supports the photography on your site, you're going to naturally include words and phrases 
relevant to what you do, talking about your photography, talking about the location that you um, serve, talking about your genre of photography specifically. And in copy, you'll naturally therefore have keywords and phrases that will mirror what people looking for your service are typing in in Google. So even without trying, actually, even if you feel you know nothing about SEO, chances are your website is ranking. It may not be ranking highly, but it may be ranking somewhere in the top 100 results within Google search, purely because you've written about what it is that you do, who you do it for, the areas, mm-hmm. etc. But yes, I do recommend a blog because I'm a huge advocate of blogging. I really think that blogging is a means to really enhance that SEO potential of your website. I've been using Hotjar recently. And since my website is still new Mm. and not ranking that highly yet, obviously I don't get a lot of traffic. But So it's really interesting for me to use this tool Hotjar. And guys, I will link to it in the show notes as well because it's like really fascinating. I'm obsessed watching these, like um, seeing where they (laughs) click on my page and everything. But... What's really interesting for me is that I can, because it's I have such low traffic volume, I can work out very easily like, oh, this is this inquiry because of the timing and everything. And, and it's really fascinating because I see like, okay, they landed on my site first through a blog post and they weren't even looking for a photographer because maybe they were searching for like, you know, another thing that I've that I've got in my blog, my blog came up, they got intrigued about the photography idea. Then I see like through Hotjar, because you're watching their screen guys, that's what it does. It's like a screen recording <laughs> of, of people's mouse going around them, going up and down. You can see where they've clicked next, how long they see it on a page. It's like amazing. Anyway, and I can see that after, you know, they read through this blog post, which is about what they were looking for, which isn't necessarily photography, then they click somewhere like, oh, actually photography sounds interesting too. They click on something, which is often like my about page next or like my home page. And then I see like they go through all my home page. And then eventually after going through like every page of my website, they reach out to me. But like you said, they reach out because they're ready to book. They're not reaching out to ask more questions or to see if I'm the right fit for them. They've already decided that because of all the content on the website. I think that's so Mm. interesting. Like you said, I'm sure if I mean, obviously I can't A-B test it, but I'm sure if I had a plain site that, like you said, how we all did in like, I don't know, 2009, 2010, something like that, where it was just like scrolling images and no text, I'm sure the inquiries then would be completely different because they'd have to be asking so many questions. But instead the websites these days, our good high converting websites are full of information, informative, like useful information. Anyway, yeah, completely. And it's not waffle when we're not, I think that's also a common thing that people kind of hear, right, I need loads of words on my website, but then they kind of misinterpret it because they go away and write a load of, or they get worse still, they get chat GPT or a tool like that to just create paragraphs, paragraphs of text that doesn't read well, that doesn't actually add that much value. So again, it is always a fine balance. It's an art, you know, getting this right, but it's having copy that's well optimized, but not too optimized so that it sounds, you know, really keyword heavy, like you're stuffing in the keywords, which is not what Google likes actually anyway. And yeah, it's a fine balance between kind of getting all of these things right, getting the right, I mean, there's no right amount of text either. I mean, that's also another question people ask, how many words should I have on a page? I mean, it's not an exact number, but you know you definitely want a couple of hundred words minimum on every on every page as a guide. But I would argue that you know you want to just create the amount of text for a page that feels right to convey the information you need to convey, and that's going to be unique mm-hmm. to everybody depending on 
what you're trying to say. But yeah, so interesting, isn't it? Using tools like that to see how people are navigating the site. But so useful because you can use the insights to then think, oh, they were struggling to find something. And then you change the menu up or something to make that more easy for them to access. Exactly. Yeah, it's really fascinating for that. And that's so interesting. You just answered my next question was, which was if there is a minimum word count that we should have on our page. So I think you've just said like, you know, there's not really the perfect number, but, but probably we should look at having like at least a couple of hundred words if that page is just like a gallery page or something. Is that right? Yes. I mean, I would argue that, you know, the more the better, but like I've just said, like with the, with the balance of making sure it's well-written, well-optimized, informative, I mean, there will be a limit to how much text people are going to want to read. And I think a really important consideration when you do add text to a site is, you know, making it look visibly digestible, you know, so short paragraphs, headings, you know, different uh, formatting, perhaps even the use of colored text in the headings or something just to break it up. And obviously splitting um, text, large sections of text, particularly, with imagery so I mean obviously now modern website templates for photographers are generally really beautiful and they have all of these considerations built in so it is quite easy to create a beautiful looking site that incorporates imagery and text and so you kind of if you're using something fairly modern then you shouldn't have a problem to to make that a reality. So Zoe can you just elaborate on sitemaps and what is a google search console and how that all links into our, our site structure? Yes So absolutely. So it will be important for Google to understand how your website is laid out, the pages that exist on the site, and it will naturally index the content once it knows that your site is in existence. And it will come up with um, an understanding of how all the pages are interlinked. Now, a quick tip would be to make sure if you're not already using Google Search Console, That is a tool, a free tool that all of us have access to, and it gives some really good insights into what's being indexed by Google on your website. And it's also a great way to sort of highlight any errors or issues with any of the indexing of the page content on your site. So definitely make sure that's something that you check fairly regularly. I would recommend that you check it at least on a monthly basis, because that will help to tell you about how many clicks and impressions your website's getting, which pages are getting the most sort of interest, and also what phrases people are typing into Google to actually come across your website and and specific pages on your site as well. So that's a really good tool to be using. The site structure specifically is something that you can submit to Google by means of a sitemap. So you would submit a sitemap of your website to Google through Search Console, and that will help Google understand how your pages and everything are structured. And yeah, that's a really positive step to take if that's something that you've not done. Okay. Okay. That sounds a little overwhelming, but I feel like when the listener digs in and follows those few steps, like, okay, I've got to find the sitemap, I've got to upload it to the Google search console, then actually it's going to, like, it's going to, going to be much easier as each step is implemented. Is that right? Yeah. And I, th- and I appreciate it sounds overwhelming, but honestly, these are Google Analytics is another tool. And again, I think pretty much every every photographer I've ever spoken to knows of these tools is probably using them to an extent. So I think once these things are set up, you know, it's really not as overwhelming as it sounds. And the sitemap is something you do once, you know, and only if you ever significantly change your site, would you need to resubmit that. So again, might seem overwhelming, but don't don't try to sort of get overwhelmed with it because it is just one or two small quick steps and then it's done. Okay. Okay. Great. Now we have barely even touched on blogging and that was like <laughs> kind of my, my, 
goal, like focus, I suppose, what I was hoping to really dive into this first half. But I think before we can really get into blogging, it's really important to understand like why we would even want to do it. And so I think you've covered that a little bit so far, talking about, you know, Google needs content to read in order to rank you higher. Obviously the user can find the blog post, I'm sorry, will receive useful information through blog the blog post as well so that kind of makes sense but in a nutshell like because we're going to wrap up part one of this episode um in just a moment and then we'll go into this in way more detail in the second half for the members only but before we do that in a bit of a nutshell what is the idea of blogging for seo and what kind of content should we even be putting there to help us rank Okay, yeah, so blogging is really important in my belief because it gives you the opportunity to talk about topics related to your products and your services. There's only going to be a natural kind of homepage, an about page, a services page, perhaps an information page or a frequently asked questions page on your website. And then a contact page that's typically, you know, you're talking about five or six pages possibly on your website that forms the central kind of crux, the home, the hub of your website. But the blog provides you with the opportunity to create far more pages that Google can potentially rank. So this is one of the very basic um, sort of ways that you can think, how can you add value from an SEO point of view to your site? How can you get it to rank more? It's because you can add content and it's unlimited the amount of blog articles that you could potentially publish. And for each of those blog articles, you can be specifically targeting a keyword phrase, a particular topic, And you are therefore, having published that piece of content on your blog, demonstrated to Google that you know about this topic, that you're an authority, and this is something that is relevant. So they will then find that blog post. And then, of course, yes, in addition to your homepage and your about page and your services page, this is then going to be building up this kind of what's called a keyword kind of universe, if you like, of phrases and words that are relevant to your service your location, your niche, everything we spoke about slightly earlier on, it just provides that opportunity to demonstrate to Google, you know, what's relevant and where you should be positioned in their uh, rankings for relevant keyword phrases. So it's just an opportunity to add more and more in-depth information and yes, to hopefully rank because you're going to have lots of keywords naturally in your copy, as we've already said. But a blog provides that opportunity to rank for many more keyword phrases. So it gives you the opportunity, yeah, to potentially rank for more phrases overall. And the more phrases you rank for, the more Google gets to understand what it is that you are a specialist in. Okay. I like I said before, I want to dive into that even more, like with a bit more kind of actionable advice that we're going to get into in the second half of this interview. But for now, I think let's wrap up part one so that that juicy stuff is for the members. Before we do that, how can the listener find out more about you, Zoe, and what it is that or how it is that you can help them? Best place to go would be my website, which is my name, zoehildramark.com. And there I can sort of tell them more about what I do and how I help photographers. I also have a Facebook group called the PR Savvy Photographers Group. So come and find me there if you'd like to join. That's an international community of photographers. Everyone's welcome. And in there we talk about PR, marketing, content, blogging, SEO, all sorts. And you're very welcome to come and take part in that community. Perfect. Now, I think you're being a bit polite though, Zoe, because I know that you actually have uh, some things like some courses starting and this kind of thing. If the listener is able to join in on those, do you want to tell them a bit about it? 
Well, thank you. Yes, I do offer done for you PR and marketing, but I also have a group program that does touch on everything we, we've started to talk about here in the episode, SEO and how to optimize your website, how to add strategic blog content to really help with your rankings and to get more visible online. And then it also touches on my other strength and sort of area of expertise, which is PR and publicity. And actually all of these three things work together, the SEO, the content and PR. And that's what my group program is all about as well. So there are opportunities for people to work with me or even just to reach out if they have any questions. It'd be great to hear from the listeners. Excellent. All right. Thank you for sharing. And I will, as always, put the links to all of that information in the show notes, guys. So if you miss anything or if you you want a bit more information, just head on over to the show notes. This is season 15, episode nine so you can just head on over to the petdographersclub.com slash the dash podcast and search 1509 we can search zoe we can search blogging you can search anything and this will come up but that is it for part one of the episode if you're a member of the club you can continue listening to part two in the member zone or of course via your private rss feed in your favorite podcast player don't forget, if you're not a member yet, you can join today. It is just 10 bucks a month. Club membership in- includes loads of perks and bonus content. So head on over to the petphotographersclub.com to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com. Dot com.